Welcome to another podcast from Planet Shakers Church. For details on campus locations and service times, check out planetshakers.com. Today we've got Pastor Rudy Nikarud speaking on a prepared place. Let's check it out. Joshua chapter 1 says this in verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan River, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place, somebody say every place. Come on, more force, say every place. That the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, going uh, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man, another version says, no one, somebody say, no one shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. That's a good Scripture to praise on right there. That's a great promise of the God right there. Come on. I got another Scripture for you, also from Joshua. Chapter 15, verse 1 says, The allotment for the tribe of the people of Judah, according to their clans, reached southward to the boundary of Edom, to the wilderness of Zin at the farthest south. And their south boundary ran from the end of the Salt Sea, from the bay that faces southward. It goes out southward of the ascent of Akrabim, passes along to Zin, and goes up south of Kadesh Barnea, along by Hezron, up to Adar, turns about to Karkar. Somebody say Karkar. Kaka, that sounds Australian. Where do you live, Kaka? Passes along to Asmon, goes out by the brook of Egypt to come to its end of the sea. This shall be your south boundary. That's a lot of words that I don't usually use. It goes on to talk about the east boundary, the north boundary, the west boundary. You know, I started a few weeks ago just reading the Bible again uh, from the start. And, um, and I got to some verses like this, verses that maybe you would skip over uh, if you were reading the Bible and you've read a lot. It's like, okay, God's giving them from here to there, 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 full stop. Next one, God's given these people there, to there, to there. But I didn't skip over it this time. And I began to just take note of How many times God was like, this is specifically for you and it's gonna go from here to here to here to here to here. And I began to be amazed at the fact that God had prepared a place specifically for this people. And He knew what the limit and the boundary and the border would be. But He was saying to them, I prepared this for you ahead of time. You're my people who I created and this is the place that I prepared. There's a created people and a prepared place. And God had created a people and prepared a place for those people. And He was bringing those people into that prepared place at the time that He prepared it for them, that He ordained and blessed it for them. Somebody say a prepared place. I want to talk to you tonight about a prepared place. A prepared place. God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that there is a purpose. We thank You that there is an assignment. 
We thank You that You have ordained and anointed and called and destined each and every one of us before we were even born. God, You made a way. Lord, before we even knew that we needed a Saviour, You provided the cross. Lord, before we ever drew a breath and was able to sin, You'd already shed Your blood. And God, I thank You that You know ahead of time what we need before we even get there. But Lord, in Your sovereignty and supremacy, God, You have created us for such a time as this. You placed us and positioned us and purposed us for the divine purposes of Your Kingdom. Lord, to be here in this moment, at this time. God, I thank You. It's not a mistake that we are here, but God, You've drawn us here. You've led us here. God, You've got an encounter waiting for us tonight. You've got a miracle waiting for us tonight. You've got breakthrough waiting for us tonight. God, it's Your glory to conceal the matter. It's our glory to search it out. God, tonight we search You out. We seek You out. God, would You come and change us like only You can. We're here for You. And come on, if you got some faith, if you got some praise in your mouth, would you just release it now in the mighty Name of Jesus? Come on, if you don't faith for God to work a miracle in your life, come on, would you shout a praise in this place? Yes, God! Woo! We're here for You. Why don't you touch three people, just say, a prepared place, a prepared place. You can grab your seats tonight. Praise God. You know, I want you to know that I believe there's something here to grab a hold of tonight. There's something that we have an opportunity to possess. And like this great book that we just read from, the book of Joshua, within this great, great book of the Bible, but the book of Joshua, we read that verse in Joshua 1, God was promising Him you will possess every place you put your feet. Now Joshua is a book of victory. Joshua in the Old Testament, he was a warrior. He began to lead the nation of Israel after Moses passed away. Now we say the name Joshua, but translated from old, it was the name Yeshua which is the same name that they used for Jesus when He was walking around, Yeshua. And just like it's the same name, Joshua in the Old Testament is what we would call a type and a shadow of Jesus in the New Testament. See, in the Old Covenant, Joshua led the people of Israel to possess the promises that God had for them. In the New Covenant, Jesus leads the people of God to possess the promises that He has laid up waiting for us. In the Old Covenant, Joshua led the people people of Israel into a land and defeated giants. In the New Covenant, we have a God who is still defeating giants today. Thank God. Like Joshua had victory over every single one of his enemies, we have a high priest, Jesus, who has never been defeated, who has never come up against anyone greater or anything more powerful than himself. He has victory over all the works of the devil. Now the book of Joshua, if you were to read it, which I would encourage you to the first half of it is all about the conquering. Joshua defeats this king and this city and this king and this city over and over and over again. It is all about conquering. The second half of the book of Joshua is all about him settling the people into the land. And what you will find, I read you just a portion, but what you will find in the second half of that book is that everyone had a location. Everyone had an inheritance. Everyone had a prepared place to 
to possess. Now, I'd love to ask you this question. Who is thankful that God didn't just save you to give you a ticket to heaven, but He saved you with a land and an inheritance to possess? You see, if God just saved you to give you a ticket to heaven, church would be very small and I don't know who would preach because you would come forward to pray the sinner's prayer and then boom, you would die because you've got your ticket to heaven. Why stick around? You've got everything you need. But God left you here. You prayed the sinner's prayer and here you are still breathing. What's the purpose for us still being here? The purpose is that God has an assignment. There is a place for you to possess and that's for everyone. Doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, how educated you are or uneducated you are, how rich you are or not yet rich you are. There is an assignment for all of us. And just because you are where you are right now doesn't mean you've totally possessed where you're located. Just like the people of Israel, if you read the book, they took possession of the land, but they hadn't totally taken possession or or authority over every bit of the inheritance. There were still victories that they needed to work out. So you may be where you are, living where you are and placed where God has placed you, but there is still victory that you need to win. There is still some hell to defeat and some strongholds to break and some high and lofty thoughts that need to be pulled down and some breakthrough to see. But I wanna encourage you tonight that God is faithful to finish what He started. God saved you with a plan and a purpose for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Somebody say, Amen. Amen. So we live in this world with an assignment, a place to possess, a prepared place that God has prepared for us. And we won't have authority and dominion over the world just by looking as much like the world as we can while trying to hang on to our salvation. You see, the Bible tells us that we are in the world, but not of the world. So I might be in the world, but how am I gonna have influence? How am I gonna possess this place God has got for me? How am I gonna have an authority and a dominion like Genesis 1, 28 talks about? How am I gonna have that? It's not by trying to look as much like the world as I possibly can. See, the world doesn't need us to become like them, to show them the way. No, we need to be different. We need to be those who live different and demonstrate a kingdom life so that they can see there is a different way to live than the cesspool of sin that they're living in. You see, the, 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 the thing that the Bible says in uh, James 4 verse 4, sorry, my mind just tripped up and my mouth was moving too fast. James 4 4 says that when we chase friendship with the world, we're actually becoming an enemy of God. So by trying to look as much like the world as we can, we actually turn ourselves into an enemy of God. It's okay to look different. Might I suggest to you, maybe you should look different. Maybe your life should look different. Maybe the way you live should be different. Why? Because there is a different call upon your life and there are people around you. You're not gonna influence them by looking like them. No, you're gonna influence them by showing them there is a different way to live this life that we are called to live under God. See, and here's the thing, though I've recognised in the last few months what God is doing in our church, which I think has been significant and not necessarily normal. I've been part of our church since the beginning and and I think every week is phenomenal. 
I think what God does every time we gather together is brilliant. But certainly there are some seasons where you recognise, you stand back and go, wow, something's going on at the moment. And I think in the last few months that, 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 um, that, that God is pouring out something in our church, which definitely tells me at least two things. Number one, I think we should get excited for conference and what God is going to bring through our church and in our ministry in just the next few weeks. But also it tells me that there is something right now and like anything in the Kingdom, if we can recognise it and honour it, then we can receive from it. And just like in the Bible, you had blind Bartimaeus, he had to jump up and grab a hold of it. And you had the woman with the issue of blood who had to reach out and grab a hold of Jesus as he walked past. I want to encourage you tonight that you would reach out and grab a hold of God lest He pass us by. That every time we walk into a church service and into the presence of God, that we would come in with a posture to say, God, I'm going to jump up and grab a hold of everything You've got for me because I don't want everyone else around me to get their miracle and I just sit back and spectate it. Now, God, I want to reach out and grab a hold of all You've got for me. Somebody shout, a prepared place. A prepared place. You know, when you walk into a place that's been prepared for you, it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. I remember a couple of years ago, I was preparing a place for someone else. Two years ago, we were celebrating my, my eldest daughter's first birthday. Now, if those of you are in this room who, who are not parents yet, if you ever get invited to a first birthday, let me give you a big heads up. It's got nothing to do with the child. They will never remember their first birthday. They will rarely look back at the photos from their first birthday. The first birthday is all about the parents. You need to walk in there and tell them their child is the most beautiful child you've ever seen and they are doing the greatest job as parents you've ever seen anyone do in the history of the world and their child is the smartest and the cutest and the funniest and just tell them that and they'll be happy. That's the whole purpose of a first birthday. But when my little girl was turning one, we were living in that dark season that we don't like to talk about where we couldn't have anyone over our house. And so um, my wife said to me, it's like, well, let's do a, let's do a birthday party on Zoom. And, uh, and we'll invite some family and a few friends and we'll cook a cake or she'll cook a cake, bake a cake and, 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 and blow up a few balloons and we'll just have a first birthday party. And so my wife said, a few balloons. You know what I was expecting uh, when, when, when I finished work that night to prepare once we put my daughter to sleep? What, what I was expecting to prepare for my daughter's first birthday? My wife said a few balloons. So I was expecting a few balloons. That was my first mistake. Because I didn't come home to a few balloons. I came home to a few hundred. And no balloon pump, just this mouth here. And so that, that was the first issue. And then I found out that my mother-in-law, God bless her, my mother-in-law decided to gift my daughter with a kitchen. Uh, now this kitchen did not come built. It needed to be built. And any parents who have had to build a gift for their child, you'll know, you, you know exactly what's going on. Now, if, if you've ever been to the house of a small child, many small children have many kitchens and you can get them from places like Ikea. If you've ever built anything from Ikea, yes, it's as frustrating as you would imagine it's be. You know, the, the, the instructions are just about enough and you know, there's about 60 different steps that you have to go through and it's painful, but it gets done. Now, my mother-in-law 
God bless her, um, she decided not to get the IKEA kitchen or any other branded kitchen. We got a non-branded kitchen delivered to us from somewhere, some warehouse in China. And it came with, with not 60 little pieces to put together, but about 6,000. And, and, and here's the thing, I found out as I put my daughter to bed that night, it was my job to prepare a kitchen for the prepared place that we were making for my daughter. And I thought, hmm, isn't that wonderful? If I'd known it was my job to prepare this, I would have prepared myself by preparing my heart and maybe, I don't know, preparing a drill so I didn't have to use a screwdriver till my skin was coming off my hands. There were so many screws and they didn't quite line up. So you just got to turn it harder and gee, your hand is getting sore. And so it was ridiculous. Come about 11.50 at night, you can imagine how excited I was about my daughter's birthday. I was so happy. What a joyful moment that she will never remember. But I will. I bought a drill the next week. It's a funny thing to walk into a place that's been prepared for you. Even if it's been prepared for you and other people, knowing that you're part of the group that has been prepared for, something happens, begin to get excited. You ever walked into a room and there's like a table laid out waiting for you that's been prepared for you? You know, these days, preparing a table means different things to the way I grew up. I mean, I was never an entertainer on my own, but, uh, but you know, the way my, my mum would have set a table is very, you know, things would have their places and it would be all very laid out and very symmetrical and things like that. These days, it's like you can just throw food on a table, just like, <laughs> and then sprinkle some salt on and it's just like, organised, and it looks, you know, I've tried this, right? Have people over. I try to just throw food on the table. You know what it looks like? It looks like I've thrown food on the table. <laughs> it looks dumb. And then you get someone like Tonya walk along. She's like, eh, and it just looks perfect. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't know the difference between what you did and what I did. It's just a different throw. I don't get it. But anyway, so whether the table is organised chaos or like fine dining, there is still something about walking into a room where there is a table that has been prepared for you. It builds an expectation. It builds an excitement. Now in, in the Bible, and this shouldn't come as a surprise, there are a few tables. And that's not a surprise because the Bible covers, I don't know, a few thousand years. So you would imagine over the course of a few thousand years, there are some tables that people are using. Uh, in, in the Bible, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this, here's a table. It says, you cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. Okay, so there's two tables we just found in the Bible. One's the Lord's, one's the devil's. I don't really feel the need to preach that too much. I feel like it preaches itself. Don't eat at the devil's table, eat at the Lord's table. Tick. What, what, what other tables do we find? Well, throughout the Old Testament, we find the king's table. Depending on who the king is, 
The king always had a table. Like when King David was trying to search for someone that he could use to honour his predecessor, he found a nephew or a grandson, a man by the name of Mephibosheth and said, you're gonna eat at the king's table till the day you die. Not because you did anything, but because you're, the son, you're related to the king and I wanna honour the king. And see, the king's table represents a place of favour and provision and blessing. But there was another table I wanna tell you about. And it was a table that was specifically set up in the presence of God in the tabernacle. And it was called the, the table of showbread or another name for it was the table of the bread of His presence. And on this table were 12 loaves of bread, one stack of six and another stack of six. Now in the nation of Israel, there were 12 tribes. And so 12 loaves of bread, it means everyone was represented in the presence of God. Yes, there were only priests that were there to do the work of the temple, but everyone had a place in the presence of God. God was telling us before Jesus ever showed up, there is place for you at the table of His presence. There is a place for you in His presence. God ahead of time was trying to get a message out, you belong in the presence of God. And this table, it also speaks of fellowship and it speaks of unity. But if, if it represented all the people together in fellowship and unity, it was also about the bread of His presence. And it was set all the time, every day, which means that the presence of God is always accessible all the time. This is what the table represented. But see, there was bread on there. And so very clearly it represents the bread of life. Who's the bread of life? That's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the bread of life. When you come to the table, you come to receive everything you need from Jesus. He's always available. He's always there. I had this weird thought, you know, the other day that it's interesting. Jesus calls Himself the bread of life. He doesn't call Himself the caviar of life. Now, surely Jesus is majestic enough to be as caviar, but He doesn't call Himself caviar calls himself bread. I've, I've been able to partake in caviar a couple of times in my life. And sure, it, it's a delicacy, but the thing is, it is a delicacy. It's an occasional food. And, and it really is only occasional for people that have enough wealth to, to even partake of it. And that's not who Jesus is. Jesus is not occasional. And Jesus is not just for the privileged or the wealthy. Jesus likens Himself to bread because bread, bread is just a staple. Bread is a core. Bread is foundational. You can have fancy bread or boring bread or poor bread or rich bread, but it's just bread. And that's the point is that Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is foundational. Jesus is core. Jesus is always available. And Jesus is someone that we always need. He's the bread of life. Andy, I'm gonna get you to come back on, on the keys. And see in the Gospel, speaking of tables, we often see Jesus reclining at tables. It's a, place of, it's a place of rest. It's a place of, uh, it was at a table that He washed people's feet. It was at a table that He allowed His betrayer to sit with Him. It was a place of provision and sustenance. We could even talk about how Jesus overturned the tables of injustice in the temple. But here is how powerful God is, that He can turn any place into a place for a table. The Bible says in Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His Name's sake.
And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then it says this, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, church, there is a prepared place that God has for you. There is a territory to possess, but there is also a table for rest. What an incredible thing it is to walk into a place that's been prepared for us, that someone has taken the time to get ready for us. God has prepared for us a place, a table where we can find rest and provision and sustenance and favour and blessing. And He has it for us in every season and He has it for us in all seasons. And He can prepare a table for us, even in the presence of our enemies, even when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, even in the lowest valley and on the top of the highest mountain, He can turn any place into a place of rest and provision because there is a territory for us to possess. There are giants for us to conquer. There is a world for us to reach. But if we never sit at the table, we can never possess the territory. It all comes back to the table. Yes, there's a territory for us to take, but there's a table for us to rest before the territory can be possessed. You see, we don't wanna be a generation that treats God like Santa Claus, just coming to us, coming to Him with our list saying, God, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. No, He's not Santa Claus. He's God. But I also don't want to be part of a generation who just treats God like a fairy godmother. God, give me my dream. Give me my fairy tale. Make it better than anyone else's. Give me my influence. No, I do have an assignment, but as part of a kingdom. So I'm going to position myself in His presence. And from that place, I'm going to walk out and possess the territory that He's got for me to possess. And I'm going to walk according to the way He's called me to walk because there is a prepared place that He's got for me. Somebody say Amen. But it starts with an invitation. It's empowered through His presence. It starts in His presence. It's sustained by His presence. It ends with His presence. Hey, it's been so great that you've been able to join us today. I hope that your faith is filled. If you have any prayer requests or you want to connect with us any further at Planet Shakers, why don't you be a part?